All right, everybody. All right. Uh, Pablo's couldn't make it this time, and this is like the first time. This is the first time he's left me the keys to the car. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like be- before, it's been a partnership, or he's been in control of the wheel. Now it's my turn, and um, it's gonna be a know, little crazy. Like, <laughs> In Donkey Kong fashion, I feel like it's like when Diddy Kong is in charge. <laughs> like when Donkey Kong dies and it's Diddy Kong's turn. Oh, yeah. We're going to be monkey flipping throughout this whole thing. <laughs> it's going to be bananas. <laughs> on, a, on a somber note, though, the reason uh, Pavlos couldn't be here is because uh, his, his country is currently not doing a good enough job with vaccinations. And uh, he, <laughs> he, he unfortunately caught COVID and is currently sitting on a respirator. And uh, sadly, uh, it, it's looking pretty dire. Uh, so I, uh, David here, will be taking over for the presumable future. You could say that he's going to go ape any second. <laughs> Rest assured, viewers, though, I have been working on my Pavlos impression here. and Oh, I, no, this, no, this is no. going to be culturally insensitive. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. I'm, I'm excited. Not, I'm, go I'm not going to do it this week. I'm just saying in two weeks' no, no, time. No, 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 I, I, I want to hear you. I want to be able to cancel you later. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's less of his... his uh, particular way of speaking but i've been practicing my german since he put me on blast last time and uh my deutsch is yet sehr good now guten tag <laughs> yeah so so by this time two weeks from now i will sound exactly like pavlos you won't even notice the difference oh man <laughs> well did, did, did we introduce by name yet did i I, I i you did not introduce me i, I mentioned my name i kind of slid it in there but uh welcome to the daydream cast this is bro or I'm bro, this is David. Yep, yep. David here. I was here. From the Twin Geeks cast. Yeah, from the Twin Geeks cast. Uh, I'm doing double duty this week. The, uh, the Diddy Kong of... Are you the Diddy Kong or are you the Donkey Kong? I, I think I got to be the Diddy, right? Like Calvin feels so <laughs> much more like a, like a Donkey Kong. I think that's the case. But here's my opinion is there's nothing wrong with being second banana. There's nothing wrong with being Diddy Kong. Look, Diddy look, Kong's good. I like Diddy Kong in this I, game. I would argue, look, and I think a lot of people would argue that Diddy Kong is, is your preferred you know, user most of the time. It's the real player of the game. Yeah, yes. yeah. There are a couple of enemies that you like. You should swap to Donkey for to knock them out. But really, you're you're diddying throughout the game. You can get most of them through rolling. We'll get into that later. Yeah, but yeah. but but anyways, David, what are you playing? What am I playing? All right. Well, not a whole <laughs> lot that's different from uh, recently because you know I'm a movie person primarily. But I did for for nostalgic sake. I picked up my old DS. I dusted it off after moving here, pulled it out of the box, and, and I decided to try and do a Nuzlocke run of Pokemon Platinum. Do you want to do you want to tell viewers yes, or yes. listeners what a Nuzlocke run is? A- absolutely. So Nuzlocke kind of uh, came about from a particular comic series that someone did online. Oh, that was that was probably more than a decade ago at this point. And it really gets the name because there was a recurring character in the series who was who had a, the face of John Locke from Lost, but he was a Nuzleaf. Uh, and and so that's just where the name came from. I don't you know any further than that. He was just a, re- a recurring character, but. The idea of the Nuzlocke was to try and, in you know, make a harder version of playing through Pokemon that also kind of brought you closer to your Pokemon along the journey. And the main way they, they did that was with two, like, self-imposed rules. And the first one being, if if you lose a Pokemon, uh, you know, in, in the game, it's dead. You, you got to release it or throw it in the Permanent. box or whatever. Yeah, it's it's just gone. You can't use it anymore. The second rule was that you could only catch Pokemon uh, the, from the very first encounter of any area you go into, which, you know, limited your options a bit more and kind of forced you to use Pokemon. It basically you made you choose Pidgeys, right? Like, yeah. these were like... The... Yeah, you get a lot of those starter ones that, you know, th- those very early... Uh, common the first grass ones maybe you got a caterpie or another bug type Those you know early encounters aren't really gonna <laughs> they don't team no not not particularly you'd be very fortunate to get something like that and uh chances are if you did uh you, you might lose it as well along the way which which would be unfortunate but, but that ultimately means you care more for the pigeon yeah oh and the other thing that they did to do that was uh, it's highly encouraged among most other variations of nuzlocks to nickname your pokemon that way you do form a closer bond. And, uh, 
you know, and, and, and it ends up being a lot of fun. I've done quite a few over my time playing the games. And uh, I have to say, though, I think deciding to jump back into it with Platinum was probably not the best idea because uh, it's it's a lot harder than the, the two main ones, Pearl and Diamond, that came before it. Like, everything is a little higher leveled. And even though I was grinding with, like, only two or three Pokemon at a given time, I was constantly you know like kind of behind on levels and struggling oh no <laughs> uh yeah and and then the worst thing that happened was when i uh came across like geodudes that had self-destruct in a certain area oh that's oh that's so sad but the kamikaze <laughs> effect adds more tension all these but th that's the beauty of the run is like if you don't have the risk the reward isn't there you mm -hmm. know what i mean did you die did you lose Basically, yeah, I've got I've got the game now. I, what happened was, and I didn't die to the the Geo dudes. I, I lost a lot of important party members, including my starter to to a Geo dude getting stuck in one area. But I managed to truck through with like an early Pokemon, and I caught some stuff. Like I got to the the Great Marsh, which is the Safari Zone, effectively of there. I caught a, a Tropius, which was really great, and he was very useful. And I was able to get through like I think it was the fifth gym. But then on my way to the next town, after doing a little grinding, I got stuck in this double battle and they just murdered me they had this this uh insane setup of like a gyarados and a raichu and the gyarados was the other there was other gyarados uh trainers throughout and they just had dragon rage which does an insane amount of damage at those lower levels because it's just a flat 40 hp which is usually more than half your health and that killed some of my other powerful pokemon too so yeah the run didn't get terribly far <laughs> i guess i could keep going but uh you know that's not really in the spirit of it you you know if you lose you should reset and, and go from the beginning you know when it's time to pack up your bags and go home yeah you know what i mean you know when the journey's over i think there's going to be a running theme in this episode about difficulty <laughs> yeah I, th I think that's going to be the core concept here I and we're, we're just going to discuss how we deal with frustration when it comes to us um i personally played a game called ghouls and ghosts resurrection and um that game is really hard i don't know if you've ever played a ghouls and ghosts have you uh i i don't believe so is that the name of the game ghouls and ghosts oh it may be ghosts and goblins okay it's ghosts and goblins <laughs> it is ghosts and goblins you're right they're in, they're not interchangeable ghouls and ghosts is like a very specific sequel to it um, but like, yo, everybody knows what I say when I say that. Yeah, yeah. This this is a video game show, right? Like you guys talk about this on a regular basis. You, I, I I'm an expert. Yes. Yeah. I'm an expert in what I do. Yes. Okay. I don't come on to your show and ask you whether or not you know your black and white movies. <laughs> All right. I just I just wanted to make sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me about uh, ghouls and no, ghosts, ghosts and goblins, zombies and ghouls, whatever it is. I'm I'm, I'm listening. Do you? I'll come on your show and be like, how green is your pasture? Or whatever that movie is. <laughs> whatever. Anyways, the game is a platformer. It started out as an arcade game. So it was like a quarter sucker. So mm -hmm. like you put in a quarter and you basically have a life and it would be merciless. And the objective was, was to go through not very many stages. I, I think the original is like maybe six stages. Um, and you basically have two hits. If they can hit you twice and then you die. And um, there's not a lot of room for forgiveness. You play as Arthur a knight and you're trying to save a princess from Satan. And it is hell. There's only been a, been a couple sequels. There was uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. There was a um, PSP one that was like Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins, which is probably technically the most modern one for sensibilities where there was like actual full on suit upgrades and forgiving stuff. This one, uh, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection has a lot more traditional arcade aspects to it. Um, you choose between the levels, like you have a choice of two levels, two levels, et cetera, et cetera, until you get near the end game. So technically there's a little room for, oh man, I'm not doing hot in this stage. But by and large, it, it is difficult. It is very difficult. And you could lower the difficulty. But I'm going to go ahead and say, in my opinion, the only way to play the game is the hardest difficulty. It's the only way. 
And that's not to sound hardcore because I'm not hardcore. I am secretly a wimp. <laughs> but you notice when you play it how how honest it would be on the hardest difficulty. And you know when it makes it easier that it's dumbing it down. Like, you know, it's like going into a pool and the further you go in, the more uh, float devices you have attached to you versus being able to go eight feet into the water and being able to swim. You know what I mean? It's much better to do that. And I would say that once in a while, I would go to the lower difficulty and dabble in the level to familiarize myself with the level. Because the only thing the difficulty one lower does is um, actually does two things, I'm pretty sure. It allows you to get hit three times instead of two times, and it allows you to have more checkpoints in the game. And both of those help immensely, but it's not the experience, David. It's not. Yeah, I, I agree with that, that sentiment, certainly. The games, uh, especially games that allow you to change the difficulty throughout, it, you know, it seems like a nice thing from the developers generally to help you out if you ever get stuck. But really, you're just cheating yourself. Because when you get to the end of the game, you're going to always have that nagging feeling in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, there's that one level where I had to go difficulty down in order to beat it. Did I really beat this game? Or did, did I... I earn it? Yeah. the question. Mm-hmm. And, and the answer is I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't beaten it yet. And uh, I think when Pavlos gets here, I'll talk more about like art style and stuff. But in terms of difficulty, yeah, I've been, I've been beaten. Mm, this is the low it. point in the podcast. Like in terms of a character arc, we are at, <laughs> we are at the you know, lowest point where we have to confront our own flaws. Yeah, me, me and you both here. Definitely. Uh, so far... This, this podcast is definitely, the, the like you said, the theme. It's all about difficulty and hitting your bottom and, and not rising to the occasion. <laughs> yeah. just, just completely abandoning your character arc and just having to go straight down the tube, just into the dumpster. Um, what other game did you play? What other game? Uh, not, not a whole lot, but I see... Uh, I, I do have something I guess I can talk about as well. Um, and it kind of ties in with your next one here I'm seeing on what we have listed down. And that's uh, intermittently, I've been playing a little bit of uh, Twilight Princess with... Uh, oh, with snap. Buddy of mine. This is a Zelda over. block. Yeah, we're going to have a, a double dose of Zelda here. I think I talked about Zelda the, you know, one other time I was on here as well. Uh because it's a good series, you know? There's lots of good games to play. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I played Zelda, like, semi-recently, like, a couple of weeks. It was during the, the like, the long break, so it was never worth talking about on the cast. So what were your thoughts on Twilight Princess? Twilight, or what was your... You know? Twilight Princess, I'm still working through it. Like I said, it's an intermittent playing because it's a playthrough with a friend of mine. You know, we do, I like, see. whenever he comes over. And we get, like... A dungeon done a session or whatever and just kind of probably a good way to forth. play it yeah uh it's it's a it's a lot of fun there's uh i i like the game a lot still it's i think on the the higher end of my uh legend of zelda games that i have played uh it was one of the er earlier ones i remember uh like when it first came out like staying up until like two in the morning playing it at, at times you know and getting through the game but but generally, I, I I like it a lot as I do uh, most other uh, Zelda games. You know the the puzzles, the dungeons are always my favorite thing, which I think is why it ties back into why I like something like Phantom Hourglass the most. I, I think is what I said the uh, the other time I was on, and that that makes a lot of sense. What two questions okay. before you continue? What platform was it? This is one's the uh, HD remaster on the Wii U. Was that is it is it good is it good remaster? Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's it's pretty good. But you know, also, it, it was good when it first came out too. It looked you know it looks uh, good. This is right when they transitioned to the the more uh, realistic looking to to kind of an extreme degree in the case of Twilight Princess. Very re realistic textures. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the update on textures probably does matter a lot though. Like I've seen I've seen like comparison shots and it definitely does help. And the other question was is where where have you stopped as of now? What was the last dungeon you did? I think it was the 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 Goro dungeon was the one we did. The, last. the Gorons? Gorons. The yes. That's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah. Um <laughs> I thought right. you're the I thought you're the video game. Expert. The the one where you get the bow. We we got the bow from there. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the things I I like about it, I think it's very cinematic. That's 
Twilight Princess is definitely the one where it it feels very guided. And I think a lot of people complain because of how limited it feels at times, but also like it, 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 tr- it goes hard on it. And then when you're in the dungeon, you feel the atmosphere of the dungeon. And it's definitely like, it has a, a care to it that some of the later or other Zelda dungeons don't have. And like, there's a lot of set piece ones later on. You, you're aware, like I particularly like the mansion one in the Snow Peak area. And I like Arbiter's Grounds, like the desert temple thing. All that stuff's super cool, awesome. It's great. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'd rank it personally because I don't love dungeons. But <laughs> I think I think they're the best part because they require you to really like think and maneuver things. Because uh, I think otherwise, one of the big issues with Twilight Princess is the the controls are a little wonky. Um, you know, particularly in maneuvering and, and moving. If you got to jump a ledge, you have to be very precise. Otherwise, it's a lot of climbing back. Because there's the not top. a button. It's just like a, you have to be on that ledge in the right direction. All right, and you, you got to do it just right. I can't tell you how many times even just like hopping from like one ledge with the lava beneath or whatnot. I'm like, I'm literally going in the right way, and the game's like, nah, you're a little to the left. You know, try again. Uh, or or controlling Epona is like a fucking bitch because you'll just run into a wall and you'll just dead stop <laughs> yeah and like the the field isn't great i don't know how much you get, saw of like the field or whatever but it's like very open and wide but like mm-hmm. like opponents yeah opponents a mess and there's a lot of weird backtracking in the game and then there's like the wolf bits because you're early on in the game so you're very aware of like when the wolf has to like get the different teardrop beads or whatever that that's it's yeah, lame it's it, it, it can be very tedious. I like the aspects of, of the wolf parts of the story where you, you know, like they, I think it's interesting both both narratively and gameplay wise, but it can be very tedious when you're like, I just want to swing my sword. I just want to roll around and, and cut up stuff, particularly in the beginning of the game when you are stuck as up. the wolf. Yeah, yeah, it, it gets better. So that's true. But but yeah, it's definitely one uh, I where the beginning of the game can be can feel very long it takes like a good hour or more just to get to like actual like gameplay i'm not surprised yep that sounds about right <laughs> but it's not hard though right it's not no it can a just nuzlocke be, run yeah it's definitely not like that uh no no random things blowing up and ruining your entire day making you want to throw the system through a wall nothing like that well, you know what's a better Zelda game, David? <laughs> I'm I'm listening. <laughs> it's Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild's a better Zelda game. I, th- I think most people would agree with that. That's actually uh, shockingly one I have not got. I yet. I don't make hot takes, David. I just make the right ones. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can quote. Believe me, me I'm a listener. I know. I know how hot <laughs> takes go. <laughs> yeah, the hot take minute is a very slow grind because I'm always right. <laughs> anyways um to to keep on the difficulty thing i i'm playing breath of the wild in master mode and master mode has been an interesting experience to me in how breath of the wild designed its game and it highlights both its flaws and makes the game better master so you never played it right i i have not touched breath of the wild as of this moment okay I'll say this, um, Master Mode, it does essentially two things, ultimately. It um, upgrades the enemies. It, it basically, like, there's different uh, enemy levels. Like, if you're fighting a pig monster, there's, like, a color code to it. And if it's, like, a different color, it can be a higher difficulty level. All that across the board is one step higher. It's, like, one notch higher. And then there's, like some minor tweaks, I'm pretty sure, to the full master mode experience where there's different enemy layouts. Like there's like there's like balloons, like the enemies will be in actual like, I don't want to say aircrafts, because that's going to put you a picture in your mind. It's like a plank of wood with balloons on it. But like they're there and they're like everywhere in the air and stuff. So you have to like, when you're riding, you have to be like, shit. And then like, you gotta go, it's, it's hard in that way. Um, but the problems with it, before I get to like the, the general positive attitude, is the flaws of the game are basically like the weapons have a bad durability 
And it's very, very clear when, oh, also the enemies recharge health. That's definitely an important, ooh, I should ooh. say that. Yeah, the enemy, yeah. So like, if you, if you wait like five seconds, the enemy will recharge health. So then you have to like keep attacking. So um, weapon durability means whenever you whack it, if you whack it enough times, your weapon's gonna break and they often break in the middle of battle. It's very fast. Like you're not gonna have it for multiple uh, encounters. So it's just, you, you're just very aware of like, oh my God, this fucking, this fucking sword doesn't last three hits. What are you doing? <laughs> and and that's very annoying because it makes you have to avoid a lot of early fights because you can't even engage and um it just makes you very aware of like how poorly thought out some systems are <laughs> and um not to say that i hate it entirely but like largely speaking that's that's a problem i, um, I know the, the durability is one of the more controversial aspects of of breath of the wild changing over uh i i don't know if anyone likes it as a mechanic it could be fixed david that's mm -hmm. the thing is like a lot of these mechanics not to go into like a giant spiel of something that like you have a passing interest in but like if you were a god developer you could change the numbers and have it be a passable mechanic whatever anyways Largely speaking, I am enjoying it more. And if I ever play Breath of the Wild after this, I will probably continue using Master Mode. Mainly because the end game of Breath of the Wild is uh, lame. And I don't mean that in like a boring way, but it is boring because like you're powered up to a certain point and you can take on the final boss whenever, but there's a point in time where like you can very clearly take on the final boss and it's easy. It's so easy. So then like it, it allows that early and mid game to have more running time to where it's like, okay, I actually need more help. I need more of this. I need more of that to where it, you enjoy the game for longer. And that is very important to me. So I will probably continue playing master mode. And that is my breath of the wild chunk. And we are good to go. That's good. And I, and I think what that demonstrates about our main theme here, this episode Ooh. is that generally a higher difficulty leads to a more enjoyable experience it could be frustrating most certainly but generally you're, you're going to have a better time it's going to be more rewarding and more satisfying along the way all right did you have anything else you wanted to add david any yeah. other topics i i don't think so i i think i'm here to again like this this is very quickly assembled so <laughs> i'm surprised uh, i had as whoa, much as whoa, I did. whoa david I'm an expert in what I do, all right? <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the uh, topic of the week, which is King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> um, basically, King Kong um, has to fight lizards. It's the tale as old as time. Monkey versus lizard, and you have to go at it. And David, who did you side with? Uh, you gotta side with Kong all the time, all day, every day. Kong is the way to go. I agree. And, <laughs> all right, I'm just kidding. We're not going to go into it. Did you see the movie? No, no, of course I didn't see you the movie. <laughs> You're <laughs> the movie expert and I've seen yeah, the movie Yeah, yeah, but, but good movies, good movies. <laughs> okay, Kong versus Godzilla is a good movie. It's Godzilla versus Kong, sorry. <laughs> it's a good movie, whatever. Who cares? We'll move on. The Maybe actual I'll topic, see it. Maybe I'll see the it. Actual topic the actual topic of the week is Donkey Kong Country. Which is also kind of like Kong versus Godzilla. It know? is a tale as old as time. Lizards versus dinosaurs. No, lizards versus dinosaurs. Lizards versus monkeys. <laughs> yes, it's one of the five stories that are being told still, I believe. It's it's one of the main arcs of conflict. You learn this when you do yeah, go well, into like well, storytelling like, like, classes. Um, yeah. You know, uh, a man comes to a town. Man goes, you know, on a journey. Donkey Kong versus uh yeah. godzilla <laughs> or or like man versus machine environment versus man donkey kong versus kremlings yeah yeah those are those uh, are the five stories all right okay so <laughs> released in 1994 in november all all major countries were ballpark the same november 18th 21st 26th so this isn't like a year gap or anything um, it was developed by Rare, which is a British company. And um, it, it was sort of like, that's an interesting, uh, that's sort of an interesting um, history in which basically they went to Nintendo 
with um, different sort of texts. One of them, I remember a story of them retrofitting an NES. Basically, they were like, it's impossible to uh, work on an NES backwards. Does that make sense? To make an NES out of nothing for mm -hmm. people not in the Nintendo thing. And they were able to do it. That's one of the things. And also, they had a 3D rendering technology. And that's and Nintendo saw it and was like, oh, we can use this graphic stuff and it'll look really good, uh, in, especially in comparison to our competitors, which are rapidly gaining in tech. Um, so yes, we will go for that. And Donkey Kong Country was made from it. Uh, this was mainly designed by Greg Mills. I think according to Wikipedia, it's a team of 12. Um, it is a very impressive game. And this pretty much, even though Rare was definitely on the map beforehand, this made Rare a, not a household name. It made it a very common name. This was like a big deal. And you star as Donkey Kong, Although debatably it's a new Kong, it's newly designed. He has a tie now. He has a nephew named Diddy Kong. And the story is, is King K. Rule has stolen the banana horde. And you have to get your bananas back. So am I understanding right that this is the first iteration in which we get the iconic look of Donkey Kong and the first... Uh, members of like the the Kong crew there and everything because we not not only Diddy we got lots of other characters and K Rule being here as well. This is uh, the very first time that we're getting them. Okay, yes and no. Okay. Technically, I'm pretty sure the Donkey Kong Tyree design happened a little bit before this. I'm pretty sure. Wait one second. Let me let me check something. All right. Uh, nine, 94. Uh, the 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 Game Boy the, the Game Boy title Donkey Kong 94 the remake had a normal looking Donkey Kong, the classic retro arcade Donkey Kong. He had a tie. Um, that being said, as far as an extended cast goes, the Kremlings, Funky Kong, the iconic Funky Kong. Those iconic. are new, those are rare designs, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. All right, yeah, so that's definitely exciting. This is a big <laughs> benchmark title, uh, you know, important piece of gaming history. Uh, and Funky Kong's first appearance. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something we're celebrating alone. <laughs> yes, unironically, yes, baby. yes. <laughs> Who says we're being ironic? That's that's genuine. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know how David normally centers this discussion. Okay, I'll say it like this: it's a normal platformer. However, it's divided into forty levels. Um, I don't know if it's exactly like ten levels per boss. I don't think that's how it works. I wasn't um, counting. Yeah, I wasn't counting either, but it's it's basically 40 levels total with, with some boss encounters. And generally it goes for like a Mario approach where there's some sort of fundamental concepts, but each stage tries to do something slightly different or it's like a type of stage. Like there's a, a, a version of a stage like underwater. Like if you play an underwater stage, it'll generally be the same, although there will definitely be twists in each level of it. Um, and, uh, what were your thoughts on the gameplay? Uh, I, I have to say that as with our theme here, it was challenging. Um, for those people who don't play a lot of older games, which <laughs> constantly highlighted here, they are more challenging than new games, less forgiving for sure. That being said, I found it to be very rewarding when it was going well, when I could do it competently, uh, it was some of the 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 most um, fun platforming. Uh, you know, it has a certain fluidity to it if you can kind of get your rhythm right. And you know, when when that's going and when you hit the right speeds and everything, it's it's really fantastic and it feels natural. But it's it's not very forgiving if you fuck up. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm going to try to like interlace it with mechanics. Yeah. Pablo's usually goes on like a Wikipedia list of mechanics. Uh, so unfortunately, I, I can't bring that to this episode here. No, I mean, I can. It's just, I, I don't do what he does. I don't, I don't need the I thing. I, I go off the dome. Um, I, I agree. It does have a fluidity. And basically what that means is there's a roll slash run button and you're going and you play as Donkey and Diddy and it's like a tag team scenario. Um, so you can tag in or out and both Diddy and Donkey Kong have different properties. Donkey Kong is big and burly and he can, he can beat most big enemies. Whereas Diddy Kong can't take on big enemies, but he's very fast and jumps higher. So Diddy Kong's better. Yeah. I'll say this, like the game was a little more difficult at first because I didn't 
quite understand the role mechanic until I watched some other gameplay videos and got informed. I'm like, oh, this actually kills enemies. I shouldn't yes. be jumping on them the whole time. And that yes. opens up the whole whole game once you figure out that you're supposed to be constantly rolling whenever you can. Honestly, it reminds me of like, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, I feel less impeded in this than I do Sonic the Hedgehog. It's more, it's less forgiving than Sonic the Hedgehog at times, but like Sonic the Hedgehog, you'll like hit a wall sometimes or like you'll stop all momentum when you hit an enemy. Whereas this one, there's there's a natural rhythm to it, to, to each level that um, you definitely have to stop once in a while and smell the roses and recognize your dangers. But if you're good at the game, you can breeze through it, which is refreshing. It's, it's, it's meant to be fast paced, which I like. Um, you can also use barrels. I like the barrel setup. You, if you like get hit, you basically lose one of your monkeys. And um, to get one of the monkeys back, you have to get one of those DK barrels. It's all about barrels in this game, true to its legacy. Yeah. Um, and you can use those as weapons. I use those as weapons, especially late game, because um, it's safe. Um, instead of jumping, jumping is probably the worst. Um, well, for reasons we'll get into later. I, I noticed when I read it, when I researched it, it they said they wanted power-ups to be um, associated with friends. So the power-up is a monkey companion, but also there are other animal companions in the game. Do you remember such companions? I'll let you talk. Now. Yeah, I actually, I pulled up a list ahead of time because I knew I would want to talk about them. Uh, you got four main animal companions there that uh, show up in various levels throughout the game. Uh, you've got Rambi the rhinoceros, uh, which is probably the most recognizable, most famous. Uh, and you and you can ride him throughout the level and just like charge through enemies with you know much trouble. You've got Espresso the ostrich, uh, which uh, allows you to kind of hover a bit more easily through the air uh, just by constantly tapping the the jump button, and uh, it allows you to kind of move faster and farther through uh, some levels. Uh, Winky the Frog uh, gives you some extra jumps uh, a bit, bit higher up in the air. Uh, you know, not not quite as useful, but good. And then uh, Squawks the Parrot. I only remember him in one level. Maybe there was others, but he he just carries a flashlight and helps you see through some of the, the darker levels in the game. He, he might be in more than one. I only remember him one as well. Like, but yeah, he's almost useless. <laughs> I, I found him helpful in that one level, like when the lights were constantly out. Yeah, but it's not but, like empowering. No, definitely, know? definitely not. It was it was a, a help of convenience more than it was, you know, like actually being able to knock through enemies easier or make the, it through the, the level ostrich faster. is really good. I oh, like the ostrich a lot. I'm forgetting one. I don't know why they didn't list him here uh, on the the Donkey Kong fandom wikipedia page that's that's insane his name and 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 Didi should really or i mean pavo should really be here for him and it's it's on guard the swordfish oh yeah for the water sections yes yeah and he's super useful like maybe the most useful of them all yeah because the water sections are we could get into those but they're unpleasant without the, the swordfish yeah uh it, it doesn't matter which monkey you play in those because you're gonna be slow in the water either way yes Yep, yep, yep. I, I like the ostrich probably most. I like I like all of them except the frog and the parrot. The, the, the frog, frog is I'm really, not a big fan of. I, I don't know what he does that the other ones don't really do as much. Like, I liked him. I'm like, it's basically just like an extra hit you can take if you get hit along the way. And I think he, I mean, he definitely jumps higher and stuff. Yeah. But like, I never... I never used him a lot. And like the way he moves is like hops instead of like a full on run. And I like the full on running. So yeah, I was anti-frog the entire time. I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't want this. What are yep. we doing here? Um, I'm trying to think of any core things. I mean, each there's, there's different types of levels. If you, we, we want to keep going into that, like, what do you think of, like, what's your favorite kind of level in Donkey Kong country? Is it like the minecarts? Yeah, I mean, the minecarts just kind of first came to mind because it feels very classic. Uh, in like a lot of games, like minecart levels are always uh, a lot of fun. Uh, otherwise, I would say, um, I mean, there's a lot of just like just kind of a standard level with uh, enemies to roll off of can be, you know, some of the most fun because that's how you can really pick up speed. Because the thing with the rolling as well is when you hit enemies you pick up speed with each subsequent enemy you hit and you can, and, and sometimes it's really great because it just allows you to barrel through a level real quick. But other times I found like it could catapult me off a ledge because the screen doesn't move quite as fast. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, no, and I so mean, sometimes I'm, you could end like like you're just rolling through a, a sequence of enemies, and before you know it, you're already off the stage and dead. Well, the game is very horizontal, aside from very specific ones where it's like aquatic or like a crystal mine or something. It's very horizontal, and you can't like look up or down, so you don't have like a limited scope because secretly up or down is where the uh, the secrets are, like the secret barrels that allow you to go places. Um, and stuff so like I think that's a flaw in its level design Um, but I like my personal favorite levels are the barrel levels where you're getting into a barrel and it's like twirling and then you have to time it right to shoot and you have to like dodge through the enemies and time it just right to get into the next barrel to get into the next barrel that stuff's really fun to me even though that that does halt momentum but it's it's such a it's such a unique Donkey Kong way to do it definitely it's it's uh, a classic aspect of the Donkey Kong games uh, to to shoot out of the barrels and, and travel across the stages like that. Uh, and yeah, again, I, I enjoy those a lot too, because it, it even though, like you said, it does slow your momentum, it doesn't feel like it necessarily because you're being fired across the stage, you know, in, in very you know fast fashion. And so even though you're like stilted each time you stop at a barrel, you're being launched from that barrel at a, you know, a very nice acceleration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of things. Um, I, I would say regards to difficulty, I don't think it's that hard. It's just the way it does it is the bonuses in this game are essentially all ways to get extra lives because you're going to die a lot. But like you can also have like I did have in the corner like 30 lives at any given time. It's just I just kept dying. Well, I don't. I don't know if I would have maintained those thirty lives if it no, no. There was a, a dip by if the it were if it weren't for a certain feature that came with this particular version we played. He played the Switch version and he went rewind. <laughs> it's fine. Just say it. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was I thought something very nice that came with the game, particularly for someone who had to finish it in a two day time period. Uh, <laughs> the the ability to rewind uh, to go back every time I died, which was on about every level yeah at some point yeah. and i'm just like no no let's go back and we'll do that again as opposed to going all the way back to the map entering the level again maybe starting from a checkpoint if you got it you know and then and then going and trying to get and testing the next section that you fucked up the first time again trying to get the timing right uh because there were some times where like if if it was like a certain barrel that was moving super fast and i just kept missing it, i'd be like no nope, we'll try that again that would have taken me like 12 times and who knows how long to actually do if i did it right uh screw that i'm, I'm using the, the rewind feature if they're gonna give it to me you probably didn't use candy kong then at all right uh, i i did occasionally but mostly i just used the restore points because it was faster because it's like the text boxes are really slow and everything yeah. going through candy. candy kong's the way to save in this game you, it's your girlfriend basically she's in certain parts but the problem i have is is like it really is like a save point so like there's no <laughs> i don't know why i'm like i assume there's an auto save in this game but if i get a game over <laughs> i start where i saved with candy kong which is not ideal sometimes because there's not a lot of them it's actually a location now technically you could walk all the way over to the last candy kong but that's not fun, is it? <laughs> mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is in regards to, and this is what Pablo said. I was under the impression Pablo didn't like this game. You're not throwing him under the bus. He said he does like this game. You could throw All him right. under the bus. He's not here. He's stuck in a bed in a respirator. He ain't going to hear about it. <laughs> but but his his main criticism was regarding the hitboxes. Yeah. To which I would, I would agree. Um, there is definitely a sort of like, it's not precise. <laughs> No, which is a problem when it comes to that momentum. Like you definitely want that like reliability. Mario is a little bit slower, but he does have the run. He does have a momentum and he's always consistent. They never make Mario inconsistent. And especially in regards to like the graphics, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, the graphics don't help either because it's not super easy to see the fine details of the pixels. It's it's compressed 3D models as JPEGs, which, <laughs> not JPEGs, but like like you know little uh, pictures, and that doesn't allow for accuracy to the untrained eye. De- definitely not. I think w- one of the the key scenarios that I that can kind of demonstrate this is that there was a level with uh, oil barrels and the oil barrels. 
are on fire. But you can stand on the edge of the oil barrels uh, and be fine when it's going off. Getting onto the edge and finding where that is, that's that's a whole other matter. You can't really <laughs> yeah. decipher it. The human eye is not designed to <laughs> differentiate between the edge of the barrel and the fire uh, here. It's, it's No mortal man is meant to understand the intricacies of Donkey Kong Country physics and hitboxes. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, the same thing where it's like certain enemies will hit you when it looks like they shouldn't be able to at all. And, and, you know, other instances where you try and jump on someone, but it doesn't, like, register right, and instead you get hit and take damage. And and that's, I think, the punishing thing about it is that, unlike something like, I think Sonic was a good example you brought up, where uh, if you get hit in, in Sonic, you know, you, you, you get stunned and you lose some rings. Uh, if you get hit in Donkey Kong Country, you lose your monkey entirely. And if you only got sure. one monkey out of two <laughs> monkeys, that's it's it. It's done. You've lost the life. Yes. Yeah. And that's it. And it's very, very, very easy to get hit by things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it does have the Sonic problem of when you propel yourself forward and this is your first time playing the game. It's not mine, but like you don't know what's ahead of you. You will get hit and you will die and you'll lose. Yep. Lots of <laughs> lots of times. Because again, that, that amount of space between where you are and the edge of the screen is very small. So like you'll be yeah. running along and there'll be no reaction time before there's a monkey enemy who throws a barrel at you and you just get hit because you literally couldn't see it coming or that there'll be, you know, uh, a clap trap, you know, there and you immediately just run into it because you you literally didn't have time to react. My favorite, I do want to say with the barrels, my favorite uh, enemy type in this game is called Mankey Kong. And it, it's the orangutan that throws the barrels and he looks like mangy. He looks crazy. <laughs> uh, and um, what, I, what I like is Donkey Kong 64 has Lanky Kong, which is clearly like the good version of the Mankey <laughs> Kongs. And they're like all an extended family. And it's very interesting to think of it like that. <laughs> I, I always wonder about Donkey Kong lore. I think mm -hmm. it's fascinating. <laughs> That's that's that is another nice thing about I think the Donkey Kong series and what's appealing about it is the the variety of characters, the family, you know, within the the Kong clan there and such. Um, and of course, all all like the enemy types, you know, the various the the cr critters or uh, what what they're called and such. Yeah, the the Kremlings and stuff. Kremlings. and like the the different little things. I uh, before we get into the art design and the music design, which I do want to talk about. Um, how, how could I, you I not say? <laughs> I, I will say uh, for the supporting cast, there's Cranky Kong and Funky Kong, which we haven't mentioned. Funky Kong We've allows you to basically... Funky Kong is <laughs> the best, but he does have a useless thing here. I've yeah. never needed no, to go never back use it. to another area to replay levels. I don't need to do that. I could, I could just replay the game again or something. Um, and Cranky Kong gives you tips that you don't really need. He'll be more useful in other games but in this game, he is not much of anything. Yeah, ultimately, I didn't really use any of the three, you know, people there who helped you on the map. Um, it it just wasn't helpful, particularly because yeah. I'm like, I just got to get through this game. I got to be ready in time. <laughs> I'm not trying to rush you. You could have savored the game, but even then, they're not useful. It's a, it's okay. I like to go fast. The game, I think, is is built to go fast, and it's most satisfying when you hit a certain speed. Because another nice thing that I do like about the game is that the levels are all relatively short. So yeah. even if I'm like struggling at a certain spot or whatever, I know that the end isn't too far away, and I can put the, the game down fairly easily uh, if I if I need to take a break or whatever. And yeah, so it's it's like the levels are all pretty succinct you know you get them through them quick and you go on to the next one and there's a good abundance and variety of levels and so it always feels like something different like i'm not just like ramming through just to try and get to the end no d definitely and like i greg males the the designer whatever compared it to like a primary infer influence was super mario brothers 3 which i see there's less exploration to this game i think mario has uh, and ups in exploration. But that being said, it, that bite-sized level chunk is definitely present. Um, I think it's also strong. I think the first two thirds of this game are strong. I think it goes to shit about two levels into the snow mountain. <laughs> the snow, oh God, the snow, the icy it, thing. It, 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 get, it gets bad once you go into there. And then once you're done with the snow, you get into like the industrial stuff. And I like the aesthetics of both worlds. 
However, the game amps up in difficulty and it, the flaws of the game became way more noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I definitely agree with that. Uh, the, the biggest thing is that it can just be really clunky to control at times, which, you know, really undercuts when it is really good and smooth. Because, you know, I think that's the thing is that uh, there are times like when you're getting the rhythm right. I enjoy this more than something like a platformer like Mario, because it just feels like the actions go, you know, like very naturally, just, you know, you're, you're going through these, you know, things and just taking all the right moves and hitting the right things one right after another and barreling into the end. But when it doesn't, no, when it doesn't, it's just, (laughs) yeah. And that's especially the thing with the water levels, which I like the water levels, aquatic ambience. The song is my personal favorite song. Oh, 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 the camera, the camera. camera fell. <laughs> oh no, we're fine now. We're okay. Why aren't you wearing pants? We're fine. You'll live, Dave. <laughs> You'll survive. Anyways, where was I? What was it? One more time. Water levels. Water. Yeah. So in the water levels, it's very, very slow, and you have to move up or down, and you have to navigate around. But it's always slow. There's no momentum to it unless you have the swordfish. And with the swordfish, it's not. You can get hit once and it's gone. And it's yeah, over. you got to be really careful with it. I will say, though, that uh, it's not the worst water levels I've played. I still prefer the water levels here to something like the, the Super Mario Bros. games, where that one feels even slower to, to get through. Uh, it's it's more so the compactness that I have an issue with in these water levels and that there's very little room to squeeze between areas and particularly enemies. And that's uh, where the hitboxes come into play. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. Like the octopus uh, or like the squids that, that kind of move around in erratic patterns and such. Uh, it can be very easy to get hit in, in the water levels and uh, you you only can really move it has similar movement to something like Mario where it's like you can move forward and you can, you know, swim up by hitting like the, the jump button usually. And then you have to slowly drift down into another position. Uh, so if you're not in the right spot when, when you've moved up, you know, and you got to slowly drift down, it's very easy then to get hit again. It's, it's oh, I like it meant to start. It, it just gets bad later on. It, that's what it is. It's like when, when the difficulty takes a sharp turn, all of the fun stuff gets bad. Yeah, and again, it's it's less the the difficulty and more how how punishing it can be the the lack of forgiveness that it that it has there because if you do get hit, then then you're done. And that's I, I can't tell you how many times I use that rewind feature just because like I I just got tired of it. In a certain I mean, form. to to defend the game, I don't think the game is like super super hard. It's, no, no, it's just not fair in the certain moments of that. So it's like and like again, the bonuses are meant to give you a lot of lives, like. All the bananas, all every collectible is built towards giving you lives. So in that sense, I think it's forgiving. And there's also checkpoints and stuff. The problem is, is what happens when you're on the downward stroke? What happens when you're losing? What happens when you're like at two lives and you've got nothing going for you? Life is hard as a Kong, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, David, what do you think about the graphics? Um. I mean, obviously, it's it's a it's a little dated looking for today, but I think for the time, uh, there's a lot of like uh, detail with the with the art of it there, and it's uh, you know the 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 3D models is a um, you know more uh, uh, interesting way to go and and looking at it, and I think it is very visually appealing a game to play. Yeah, I, I like the designs and it feels modern, you know, still in the sense of that the, the characters and the environments all look representative of what the series uh, still is. Still is. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, technically, when it came out, it was a really big deal. And like there's sort of a, it's I don't think it's actually representative of Nintendo, but there's sort of like a difference in ideology versus graphics with like a, it's contemporary Yoshi's Island, um, Super Mario World 2, um, which is very like stylized in the 2D sprite aspect versus this, which is very 3D digitized, compressed. And nowadays, yeah, I would say the, the compressed 3D looks worse but I don't think it's necessarily indicative of a failure in style. No. Um, and it, it was really impressive at the time, and it it's still impressive, but yeah, it, it definitely suffers in the precision aspect and all that. Um, I personally like 
how it feels uh, aesthetically. Um, I, I like the, the character designs as the 3D models. I think they've all got the goofy little eyes and they all look similar together. And it's very cute in that aspect. It, it feels a lot more like an actual like cartoon thing that feels, you know, it, it also feels Western in a, in a way that the other Nintendo titles don't. So maybe it's just my bias. But... Oh, well, I mean, it was made by, you know, a more Western company, uh, you know, British yeah, well, company. With those sensibilities. And I mean, like, it reminds me of like, ignoring the 3D graphics stuff, also literally the designs of the characters and how rare approach characters I don't think is normally something Nintendo does, aka Diddy Kong having that that bat, the baseball cap, Funky Kong being Funky Kong. These things are very Sonic the Hedgehog. These things are very '90s cool. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's very like, oh, we're not lame, right? <laughs> and and that's something Nintendo wasn't really familiar with in marketing. So when this became a success and when this became like a big thing. I think those were huge contributing factors. And I think it ages better than the way Sonic does it. Um, but maybe it's just a difference in opinion. Cause I do like Sonic's aesthetic and stuff, but like I definitely see the dated aspects of Donkey Kong Country. There's a boom box in it. And who uses a boom box nowadays? Look, look, when we're talking about dated aspects, I don't think anyone can rival Sonic the Hedgehog and, and Sega's legacy with that. You know, they never tried to implement something like Shadow the Hedgehog at any point, the Donkey Kong. No, story. no, no, no. But like, okay, I'll defend Sonic the Hedgehog here. Sonic the Hedgehog didn't do boom. Bo- Sonic the Hedgehog did boom boxes in promotional material. He didn't really do it in video games. But that being said, it's still the same large. Yeah at large uh but it, but it worked for donkey kong it's totally part of the character it, it totally you know i think he rolls with it and i think he pulls it off it's not like a you know donkey kong is oh look at him he's, he's so lame he thinks he's being cool donkey kong is that cool he's cool enough funky kong diddy kong donkey kong are cool yes there's never a moment where i cringe at funky kong and oh. <laughs> you mean the greatest video game character in history of course not <laughs> i mean it's just one of those things. Um, I will say, as far as graphics go, the rain probably... There's other times, too, like lighting. When it gets dark, it's not... It it, it makes everything worse because it makes everything blurrier. Mm-hmm. Like, it's already obscured slightly, so it's not... But But when it's bright and sunny... It's fun. It's great. Yeah, it's it's definitely a game that shows its age, but I think it it wears it as as a badge of honor rather than as a you know major detriment to it. Yeah, and I mean you can see the evolution. This spoiler alert, even to me, this isn't like the best Donkey Kong Country game. Like I, out of the retro ones, I think Diddy's Conquest, the second one, is probably the best. And then like, which, which is the one that has Dick Dixie Kong in it. Dixie Kong's in two of them. She is in the second one, and she's also okay. in the third one. So, because like, my understanding is that she really helps in terms of like the movement capabilities. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she can fly, and she also has her twirl. So, like, there is a momentum to her. So, like, two has Diddy and Dixie, and then three has only Dixie, and then a baby Kong. And baby Kong is really bad. <laughs> and stupid and is probably the worst thing known to man. My my only other uh Donkey Kong Country experience, because this is my first one, was playing uh Tropical Freeze, which which I do think is is a very terrific game uh from the same uh model here, you know, in style. And again, like I think uh uh, like like any other uh, like this game felt as well is that the fluidity you can get when moving that is some of the best in any platformer game that I've ever played. No, I agree. Which um, uh, which makes in particular uh, watching speed runs of these games very entertaining for me. Yeah, I mean retro the designers behind Donkey Kong Country Returns and Donkey Kong Country Returns Tropical Freeze. I don't know if Returns is in Tropical Freeze's title. I have no idea. Um, but those they took these design principles of like what, what what the appeal of these games were and then they they polished it they made it good i don't want to say they made it good because it's already good but like they made it great you know what i mean so 
Any other final thoughts on Donkey Kong Country, I guess? Uh, well, we didn't talk about one of the most important things, which is the the score, the music for the game. Oh, of course. That's, yes. that's, that's definitely something that needs to be highlighted. Um, I'm sure you probably have a better understanding in terms of like the, the history of it a bit and all that, but it's some of the most iconic music in, in any game uh, ever. Um, particularly, I, I know you said the, the underwater music is some of your favorite, but the, the Jungle Groove song, you know, that's like the main Donkey Kong music. That's the one we all know him by. Um, yes. You know. No, I mean, like, I think every song in this is not, it's not all a banger. I think the first half is all bangers. And then when it goes into the other stuff, when it goes into the different caverns and stuff, it's okay. But yeah, that initial theme song also carries a momentum to it. You know what yeah. I mean? It starts slow and moody. And then like it, like the different channels come in. So that it becomes more ambient and then it goes into like a, a high tempo. And then you're like, yeah, man, it's, it's really good. Once, once <laughs> you get that main tempo part, that famous, that bit. Yeah. 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 That's, that's like, that feels like the, the peak of it. And you could just, you, you feel the momentum of you moving as well with it and going. And that's like, you're like, I'm playing Donkey Kong. You know, it feels right. I, I, I should go ahead and give credit to some things. The main composer was David Wise. And uh, yeah, and Stephen Mails was the main artist behind these. Um, they're, they're, again, very, very limited team. And they apparently worked around the clock on this game. So like, definitely very impressive. As far as the music goes, it, it is a marvel. And, you know, um, did you ever play the Game Boy Advance version or the Game Boy Color version? Uh, I've, I've not. Okay, specifically the Game Boy Advance version, I can vouch to. I've never played the Game Boy Color version. But they are ports of Donkey Kong Country. And the music in Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy Advance doesn't have a really good sound chip or whatever. Like, it, I don't even think it has a dedicated sound. Like, I think they have asked to, like, share RAM. Pablos is going to crucify me for that if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but either way, the music on Game Boy Advance isn't great. Um, and it, it definitely suffers when it comes to that. But also there's graphics problems and other stuff to the Game Boy Advance uh, port. But that being said, otherwise, it is at large an accurate port. I, I can Sometimes, imagine it couldn't necessarily be better, you know, especially no, with the no. limitations uh, of yeah. of the game as you're playing it again the 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 sight ability not being able to see as far making putting it on a smaller screen just sounds like even more hell yeah yeah um what else did i forget david oh i'm sure lots of things um but i i don't necessarily know um i guess we didn't talk about the bosses oh yes the bosses um a lot of them are just larger variations of other they're enemies. bad they're not great <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't mind King K rule. King K rule is cool. Go. Yeah, like he's him. dope. King K rule is dope. I wish he had been like actually kind of introduced as a character before you run into him. There, yeah. There's no like opening cutscene where he's like, there is an opening, but it's not with him. It's not like muhaha, and he doesn't like show up throughout. He's really basically at the end. He's a good boss fight. Everyone else is basically a big version of an animal, and mm -hmm. it's bad. Uh, there's and they, the other thing is is like they bring them back. Yeah. Like, I noticed that like I, I put the game down like after I beat him and I was like, eh, that's it. Like they do the credits and, and whatnot. And then uh, and I was like, or is it the end? And I was like, what? And then I, and I had to pick up and do the fight some more. Yeah. Yeah. I like that fake out. That's a really cool fake out. But uh, I was also talking about literally the animal bosses. There's like two vultures. Oh, There's, yeah. like two rats or rat beavers. Yeah. It's so dumb. And one of them is just, it's a can that spews enemies. And then after you kill all the enemies, yeah. it's, it's it's dead. Yeah, they're they're not very good bosses. Oh, yeah. And the only other boss we didn't mention was a bee. It's just a big bee. It sounds like we're being negative on this game, listeners. But I want you to know <laughs> that this game is really good. No, it's a great, I think we, we talked about it in complimentary terms, certainly enough. But I think it's it's kind of indisputable that uh, the bosses are, are not very inspired. Aside no. from, I guess, K. Rule, who, who is actually unique, like, you know, as opposed to the other bosses. He's not just like a clone of like Kremlins. He has his own different attack patterns, different design and everything. And he's, you know, he's iconic in his own right. And, he throws uh, his crown. He jumps around. He, yeah, he man. Throws it, cannonballs. He like he brings cannonballs down ahead. I like the pirate aesthetic, and he yeah. embraces it like full on later in other titles. Right. 
he Yarr. is a he gets like a cannon or like like a, a blunderbuss or whatever in, in different games i i know i also like in the first stage i don't know if you do it but do you do you go down below to look at the banana horde at the first stage yeah in the first stage that you you can walk into his house and like get a free life so you oh. see donkey kong's house and then when you go down and you go into the cave you can see the empty banana horde <laughs> and then donkey kong just shakes his head and like is super sad he's That's like funny. oh no i'm, my I'm sure there's a bananas <laughs> i'm sure there's a lot of the game i didn't see because a lot of the the hidden levels and stuff are kind of you know they're tucked away in different areas which i kind of like i like that there are some divergent paths that you can take to get to other things and find like the, the different Kong emblems, you know, that you have to pick up along the way for, for the levels and stuff. That's some of them the are not fair. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how many you did. Some of them have like a really bad timer. Like, have you, did you notice that? Whereas like I'm, I'm riding on an animal or something and I have to collect however many tokens or whatever, but the timer is just going like five digits a second. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> is, is this going too fast for a reason or what? But then, but then it would be inconsistent because another one would have like a slow timer. The timers are inconsistent, David. <laughs> Luckily, most all that stuff is just, it's extra. You don't have to do any of it uh, necessarily. It's all just kind of, you know, hidden away secret stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I were better at the game, I would like to go and explore more of those areas. <laughs> It's, no, I it's definitely I, I I definitely enjoyed the the backwards feature. It helped me get through this and enjoy the game a bit more. But uh, in the meantime, uh, I'll otherwise probably just watch people who are much much better at me play this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think Pavlos would be like I I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't speak for him. I'll speak for myself. How about that? Um, I think the fact that all the bonuses are only for extra lives basically is a detriment. Later titles will have mm -hmm. coins and stuff that allow you to access different areas or do different things. And because of that, there's more incentive to look. But you didn't care. Like I there's just... a reason you there's a reason you didn't care. Yeah. And it was because they didn't they didn't help you. They it, nothing helped you. Well, it was also not necessarily obvious when I did miss a pathway. You know, like I'd be going through the levels collecting the letters and be like, what? I already hit G? What happened to O and N? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's no, like, I, I, I would have literally no idea where I missed it along the way. Some at the very least, I know when I pick up the G, the level's almost over. Yeah. So, like, I'm actually happy when I get the G. I'm yeah. like, oh, thank God, we're almost done. Mm -hmm. Kind of just like, all right, I'll just... Keep trucking through. Go ahead. Excellent <laughs> mark of a great level, everybody. <laughs> so, well, because some of them are hidden away. Like there's, there's literally like you, sometimes you need the animal buddies to access some of them, particularly uh, the the rhino. Yeah, uh, and there'll yeah. be cases where I see one of those and they're like, I don't even know where the rhino was. Where is I supposed to get him? <laughs> yeah, or or like th there'll be times where you have to be creative. I'll give them that. Where it's like. Um, there's one like I remember in the forest there's like an extra life balloon and it's to the far left up above but to do it you basically need to walk a little bit to the right get one of the little beaver guys and have the beaver guy follow you and then once you get the beaver guy to the very end then you you jump on him and then you can jump up and yeah, I, I appreciate how creative they can be at hiding away some of the stuff but it doesn't necessarily incentivize me to go find everything no no it doesn't there's definitely not I, I, like I imagine someone like Pavlos, who who is a completionist, uh, may not be even as inclined to chase. Oh, yeah, that that may be another thing is the fact that he wants to complete it. It's probably a problem here because there's there's a flawed incentive structure to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, I just like playing the levels. I just yeah. I, I like having a good time. No, it's and I think it's a, a really great game to to play through. I enjoyed playing it more than I enjoy uh, lots of other platformers. I think despite how punishing it could be what's the nuzlocke run version of uh donkey kong <laughs> um let's see I, I guess you would have to pick up all the letters and get the animal buddies in every level maybe and uh you, you can't lose diddy kong at any point i think there is a challenge run of donkey kong country that's like stupid because it's like because um cranky kong at the end of the game is like oh you you haven't gotten all the collectibles and i think if you get all the collectibles he says like back in my day i got all the collectibles under this time yeah and he like, says that, that at the end like... anyway <laughs> yeah it's like a, it's like an hour or something like that which is actually 
interesting because the general speed runs of the game can finish it in like less than half an hour uh, for the oh, pros man, that's crazy yeah it is uh i i really enjoyed watching speed runs of the game because it's it's kind of busted how they can go through things they've got a couple of different techniques which uh de- you know which depend on the roles where they could literally like roll their way off screen above everything and just race their way to the end in various different levels yep any final thoughts not i don't think in particular i think it was a really great game i'm glad you uh you you presented to me to play uh it's it's not necessarily something i i, I would think to go out of my way to play again but I'm, I'm i'm very happy to have experienced it how do you feel about being second banana on the daydream <laughs> again i think you know if second banana is equivalent to diddy kong that makes me feel like i'm the star here because <laughs> yeah you are the star here david you were you were i was the donkey and i am admitting donkey kong's worse i agree yeah. Generally speaking, but you know, you've got your importance here too. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but uh, I'll talk to you about making our own podcast. Probably, what what would you want to do? Um, <laughs> do? Do you like do you like you like birds, right? Yeah, I do You're, like well, birds. I'll do a bird cast. Sure. Okay, we'll, we'll do a podcast exclusively about birds and bird related paraphernalia. <laughs> Great. Uh, we'll see you then, listeners. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I guess stay Stay fresh. fresh. I get to be the one that says it this time. (laughs) All right. Drink gaming beverages.